lads and ladies, welcome to the Junior Classics. Hi there, I'm Sir Bradley Hassey, a teller of borrowed tales. Join me as I share stories of courage, adventure, and wonder. But don't take my word for it. You can find out for yourself on today's Junior Classic. Hello, Junior Scholars. I am Sir Bradley Hassey, guardian of the written word and your guide through the Junior Classics. Our mission is to safeguard the wisdom in the classics and inspire children and families with a love of good reading and a real and lasting interest in Western literature, history, and scholarship. I'd like to welcome all our new listeners lately, so welcome little bears from Bertaria. Welcome to the unauthorized and their fine younglings. To my original loyal listeners from Crosspoint, the region, and around the world. And of course, to my Patreon supporters who help keep us mission ready. I feel the momentum building. The only way is onward and upward. So forward march and follow me. If you like what we're doing, producing stories for the good of your kids, please consider supporting us on Patreon for five bucks a month or subscribe to unauthorized.tv. All right, we are winding down our series, Tales from India, with a double feature. That's right, you get two stories today, The Jackal and the Partridge and The Jackal and the Crocodile. So I hope you're ready for more shenanigans from that old trickster, The Jackal. But first... Lost and found words! Listen carefully to these words and their meanings and try and spot them during the story. Our first word today is vexed, which I think we've had before, but it's always good to go over it again. Vexed means to be annoyed, frustrated, angry, or worried. If someone threw a shoe at your head, would you be vexed? Hmm. Listen to the story and this question will make sense. Our second word is Plaintive. Plaintive. That means sounding sad and mournful. The plaintive expression on the baby's face when it was time for bed was rather amusing. Uh, When you're told you have to go to bed, do you have a plaintive expression on your face? Ask your parents. Our next word is cunning. That is skillful in getting what one wants through trickery or sly scheming, or deceptive. I want you to guess which character in today's story you think is most cunning. And then we have the word consented. This means give permission for something to happen or to agree or allow. My children this week wanted to play outside in the snow. After they put their cold weather gear on, I consented. And if you check out the Bear Taria Times app, you can see us sledding. Lastly, we have the word sentimental or sentimentally. This means to feel feelings of tenderness, sadness, or nostalgia. You are emotional, tenderhearted, or soft. You know, I feel sentimental about some of these classic stories we read. And maybe one day, you will too. Now... On to the show. The Jackal and the Partridge by Flora Annie Steele. 
A jackal and a partridge swore eternal friendship, but the jackal was very exacting and jealous. To the partridge, he used to say, You don't do half as much for me as I do for you, and yet you talk a great deal of your friendship. Now, my idea of a friend is one who is able to make me laugh or cry, give me a good meal, and save my life if need be. You couldn't do that. Let us see. Follow me at a little distance, and if I don't make you laugh soon, you may eat me. So she flew on till she met two travelers trudging along, one behind the other. They were both footsore and weary, and the first carried his bundle on a stick over his shoulder, while the second had his shoes in his hand. Lightly as a feather, the partridge settled on the first traveler's stick. He, none the wiser, trudged on. But the second traveler, seeing the bird sitting so tamely just in front of his nose, said to himself, what a chance for a supper. And immediately flung his shoes at it, they being ready to hand. Whereupon the partridge flew away, and the shoes knocked off the first traveler's turban. What a plague do you mean? Why did you throw your shoes at my head? Brother, do not be vexed. I didn't throw them at you, but at a partridge that was sitting on your stick. On my stick? You take me for a fool? Don't tell me such cock and bull stories. First you insult me, and then you lie, like a coward. But I'll teach you manners. Then he fell upon his fellow traveler without more ado. And they fought until they could not see out of their eyes, till their noses were bleeding, their clothes in rags, and the jackal had nearly died of laughing. Are you satisfied? Well, you have certainly made me laugh, <laughs> but I doubt if you can make me cry. It is easy enough to be a buffoon. It is more difficult to excite the highest emotions. Let us see. There is a huntsman with his dogs coming along the road. Just creep into that hollow tree and watch me. If you don't weep scalding tears, you must have no feeling in you. The jackal did as he was bid and watched the partridge, who began fluttering about the bushes till the dogs caught sight of her. When she flew to the hollow tree where the jackal was hidden, of course the dogs smelt him at once and set up such a yelping and scratching that the huntsman came up, and seeing what it was, dragged the jackal out by the tail, whereupon the dogs worried him to their heart's content, and finally left him for dead. By and by, he opened his eyes, for he was only foxing, and saw the partridge sitting on a branch above him. Did you cry? Did I rouse your high emote? Be quiet, will you? So there the jackal lay for some time, getting the better of his bruises. And meanwhile, he became hungry. Now is the time for friendship. Get me a good dinner, and I will acknowledge you a true friend. Very well. Only watch me and help yourself when the time comes. Just then, a troop of women came by, carrying their husband's dinners to the harvest field. The partridge gave a little plaintive cry and began fluttering along from bush to bush, as if she were wounded. A wounded bird? A wounded bird! We can easily catch it! Whereupon they set off in pursuit, but the cunning partridge played a thousand tricks, till they became so excited over the chase that they put their bundles on the ground in order to pursue it more nimbly. The jackal, meanwhile, seizing his opportunity, crept up and made off with a good dinner. Are you satisfied now? Well, I confess you have given me a very good dinner. You have also made me laugh and cry. 
Um, but after all, the great test of friendship is beyond you. You couldn't save my life. Perhaps not. I am so small and weak. But it grows late. We should be getting home. And as it is a long way round by the ford, let us go across the river. My friend the crocodile will carry us over. Accordingly, they set off for the river, and the crocodile kindly consented to carry them across. So they sat on his broad back, and he ferried them over. But just as they were in the middle of the stream, the partridge remarked, I believe the crocodile intends to play us a trick. How awkward if he were to drop you into the water. Awkward for you, too. Not at all. Not at all. I have wings. You haven't. On this, the jackal shivered and shook with fear. And when the crocodile, in a gruesome growl, remarked that he was hungry and wanted a good meal, the wretched creature hadn't a word to say. Pooh! Don't try tricks on us. I should fly away, and as for my friend, the jackal, you couldn't hurt him. He is not such a fool as to take his life with him on these little excursions. He leaves it at home, locked up in the cupboard. Is that a fact? Asked the crocodile, surprised. Certainly. Try to eat him if you like, but you will only tire yourself to no purpose. Dear me, how very odd. The crocodile was so taken aback that he carried the jackal safe to shore. Well, are you satisfied now? My dear madame, you have made me laugh. You have made me cry. You have given me a good dinner, and you saved my life. But, upon my honor... I think you are too clever for a friend. So, goodbye. And the jackal never went near the partridge again. The Jackal and the Crocodile by Flora Annie Steele. Once upon a time, Mr. Jackal was trotting along gaily when he caught sight of a wild plum tree laden with fruit on the other side of a broad, deep stream. He could not get across anyhow, so he just sat down on the bank and looked at the ripe, luscious fruit until his mouth watered with desire. Now, it so happened that, just then, Miss Crocodile came floating down the stream with her nose in the air. Mr. Jackal greeted her politely. Good morning, my dear. How beautiful you look today, and how charmingly you swim. Now, if I could only swim too, what a fine feast of plums we two friends might have over there together. And Mr. Jackal laid his paw on his heart and sighed. Now, Miss Crocodile had a very inflammable heart, and when Mr. Jackal looked at her so admiringly and spoke so sentimentally, she simpered and blushed, saying, Oh, Mr. Jackal, how can you talk so? I could never dream of going out to dinner with you. Unless, unless... Unless what? Unless we were going to be married. And why shouldn't we be married, my charmer? I would go and fetch the barber to begin the patrol at once. But I am so faint with hunger just at present that I should never reach the village. Now... If the most adorable of her kind would only take pity on her slave and carry me over the stream, I might refresh myself with those plums and so gain strength to accomplish the ardent desire of my heart. Here the jackal sighed so piteously and cast such sheep eyes at Miss Crocodile 
that she was unable to withstand him. So she carried him over across to the plum tree and then sat on the water's edge to think over her wedding dress while Mr. Jackal feasted on the plums and enjoyed himself. Now for the barber, my beauty, cried the gay jackal when he had eaten as much as he could. Then the blushing Miss Crocodile carried him back again and bade him be quick about his business, like a dear good creature, for she really felt so flustered at the very idea that she didn't know what might happen. Now don't distress yourself, my dear, because it's not impossible that I may not find the barber. And then, you know, you may have to wait some time, a considerable time in fact, before I return. So don't injure your health for my sake, if you please. With that, he blew her a kiss and trotted away with his tail up. Of course, he never came back, though trusting Miss Crocodile waited patiently for him. At last she understood what a gay, deceitful fellow he was, and determined to have her revenge on him one way or another. So, she hid herself in the water, under the roots of a tree, close to a ford, where the jackal always came to drink. By and by, sure enough, he came lilting along in a self-satisfied way. It went right into the water for a good long draft. Whereupon, Miss Crocodile seized him by the right legs and held on. He guessed at once what had happened and called out, Oh, my heart's adored. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. If you love me, leave hold of that old root and get a good grip of my leg. It is just next door. Hearing this, Miss Crocodile thought she must have made a mistake, and letting go the jackal's leg in a hurry, seized an old root close by and held on. Whereupon, Mr. Jackal jumped nimbly to shore and ran off with his tail up, calling out, Have a little patience, my beauty. The barber will come someday. But this time, Miss Crocodile knew better than to wait. And being now dreadfully angry, she crawled away to the jackal's hole and slipping inside, lay quiet. By and by, Mr. Jackal came lilting along with his tail up. Ho, ho, that is your game, is it? Said he to himself when he saw the tail of the crocodile in the sandy soil. So he stood outside and said aloud, Bless my stars, what has happened? I don't half like to go in, for whenever I come home, my wife always calls out, Oh, dearest hubby hub, what have you brought for grub, and to me, and the darling cub? And today she doesn't say anything. Hearing this, Miss Crocodile sang out from inside. Oh, dearest hubby hub, what have you brought for grub, to me, and the darling cub? The jackal winked a very big wink, and stealing in softly, stood at the doorway. Meanwhile, Miss Crocodile, hearing him coming, held her breath, and lay shamming dead like a big log. Bless my stars, how very sad. Here's poor Miss Crocodile stone dead, and all for love of me. Dear, dear, yet it is very odd, and I don't think she can be quite dead, for you know, for dead folks always wag their tails. On this, Miss Crocodile began to wag her tail very gently, and Mr. Jackal ran off, roaring with laughter and saying, Oh, oh, so dead folks always wag their tails. <laughs> Play 
All right. I hope you guys enjoyed those two stories. As we wind down our Tales from India series, we may have one more story, but it's going to be some shorter fables. But what I thought about with the first story was how important it is to choose good friends. Do you guys think the Jackal was a good friend? I'm not so sure. He only wanted to be friends with the Partridge if the Partridge would do things for him, like get him a meal, make him laugh, make him cry, save his life. Now, a good friend would do those things for you if you're in need, but you shouldn't... Um, make that a condition of your friendship. So think about how important it is when choosing good friends. And for the second story, I have something very interesting for you. I found it interesting. But did you notice that the Jackal kept mentioning, let us fetch the barber. He kept talking about a barber. And that didn't really click to me, click with me until after I looked it up. But by barber, they do mean a barber as we know it, someone who cuts hair. But in India, what is very common there is arranged marriages. So, you know, a mom and a dad from one family and a mom and a dad from another family will choose who their children marry, which I find more and more appealing as a parent. Side note. Anyway, a barber was someone who knew a lot of people in the community and people would go to him and the barber would act as a matchmaker and connect different people to uh, to potentially be married. So I just thought that was super interesting. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Until next time, I am Sir Bradley Hassey. Be brave, be loyal, and speak the truth. Now for you parents out there, I want you to understand why we are doing this, what we are trying to achieve, and how you can help us. This is a rescue operation to preserve the classics and the wisdom within before it is lost forever. Our goal is to inspire children with a love of good reading by safeguarding and breathing new life into the greatest stories in history and empower you, the parents, with a resource you can trust to enrich your child's mind and spirit. We don't want these stories and the wisdom within to be forgotten so our children don't have to learn these lessons on their own. The most important thing you can do for us is to spread the message and tell others about these stories and what we are doing. If you want to donate, we would love that as well. My promise is that 100% of donations will go to building the impact and quality of the Junior Classics. If you have feedback and thoughts on how we can do things better, please send an email to juniorclassicspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to the Junior Classics.